Martini, the Pistol Packin' Mountain Mama Health Nut. Welcome back to Throw Out the Trash. I'm so glad you're here. This episode will take your mind off of whatever you're facing today. I hope you find it helpful, and most of all, I hope it makes you smile. So let's get started. My podcast is sponsored by a company called 3 International. It's a proactive wellness company that has six different high-quality nutritional supplements that all come from Whole Foods. I personally use all of them, and I will tell you that I have more energy and better mental clarity than I've ever had. One of the products that I love is called Eternel. Now, this is an antioxidant super blend. The key ingredients is resveratrol, glutathione, marine collagen, superfruits, and CoQ10. And what it does, it protects and supports cells from damage and premature aging, promotes cellular health and longevity, works to neutralize free radicals, and delivers powerful phytonutrients to protect against UV damage. And all of these products are listed in the PDR, or Physician's Desk Reference, and you can look that up at pdr.net. You can also check out my website to learn more about these products at geniolson.iii.earth. Okay, so today's episode, is intermittent fasting a fad? Just what is intermittent fasting? Well, it means you don't eat for a certain period of time each day or week, where you fast for so many hours in a 24-hour period and eat all of your food during certain hours in the same 24 hours. Okay, so for example, you fast for 12 hours and eat all of your food in the remaining 12 hours, and it's mostly used for weight loss or to have good health. Most diets focus on what to eat, but intermittent fasting focuses more on when to eat. And since it seems to be used or suggested for use a lot these days, I wondered if it wasn't just another fad or the newest and greatest way right now to lose weight or just get healthy. So I decided to research it further. Well, intermittent fasting has been around for a long time. John Hopkins, which is a neuroscientist, has a gentleman that works for them called Mark Matson, and he's been studying it for the last 25 years. And he says that even like 50 years ago, it was easier to maintain a healthy weight, well, at least in the United States. There were no computers and limited TV. Now, when I was young, in the 1970s, we had three TV stations, and at midnight, the station would play the national anthem, and then would just, you'd just see a screen with what we called snow or static and we'd turn it off and we'd go to bed. And back then, portions were smaller, and most people worked and played outside, so we got more exercise. And today, the normal way of eating is three meals a day and a snack in between each meal. And I'm not saying this is a bad idea, because some individuals need this kind of eating plan, you know, especially if you have blood sugar problems. Well, Mr. Matson goes on to say in his article that studies have discovered that intermittent fasting boosts thinking and memory, improves blood pressure and resting heart rates. You experience fat loss while keeping muscle mass when exercising. And for diabetics, it can help with weight loss, which helps with lowering fasting glucose and fasting insulin levels. In another article in Medical News Today by, by Jane Leonard, who's a registered dietitian, and it was medically reviewed by Marie Lorraine Johnson, who's also a registered dietitian, and she says that some studies suggest that this way of eating may offer benefits such as fat loss, 
better health, and increased longevity. Other benefits of intermittent fasting are it can reduce inflammation, lower cholesterol, may provide a protective mechanism for the brain to enhance recovery from a stroke, boost brain function, protect against cancer, and the last one, and one that has helped me, is that it gives your digestion system a break and it lets it reset. But there are some experts like Willow Jaroche, who's also a registered dietitian, who feels that intermittent fasting isn't sustainable and that frequent fasting could lead to social isolation or binge eating. I can maybe see the binge eating, but I'm not sure why they feel it would cause social isolation unless that person associates eating with socializing. Others also feel that there's a lack of guidance for those attempting this diet, that the person may not make healthy food choices. However, I would disagree with this because most people who go on a certain diet or eating plan are trying to eat better, and I don't think we need a doctor to tell us every step to take. In an article by Very Well Health titled, What is Intermittent Fasting? It suggests that there isn't enough scientific evidence to prove its validity. But I would argue the fact that it's been around a long time. Remember how I just mentioned earlier that Mark Matson has been studying it for 25 years? So there are some naysayers, and there usually are two sides to every argument, as there should be. From my own experience, I will say that it does work for weight loss, but it also matters what kind of food you eat and how much. I say this because I try daily to practice fasting, and when I am able to do it correctly, the scales will have a lower number the next morning by a few pounds. And I don't necessarily need to lose weight, but my clothes fit better and I feel better, and those are both important to me. Now, there are some people who shouldn't do intermittent fasting, and those people include someone who has sleep problems, because going to bed hungry can make it challenging to fall asleep. However, my experience is that it's short-term as your body adjusts. Also, you might not want to try fasting if you've had a history of eating disorders, or you are engaging in intense training because your body will need adequate fuel. But there is a way to still train and fast, and I will explain that in a minute. And maybe you wouldn't want to try fasting if your job requires intense focus and concentration. But I also think that after your body adjusts to the new way of eating, you actually have better mental clarity. And I've already mentioned diabetes, but I remember Dr. Paul Merrick from the FLCCC Alliance saying that he got off all of his diabetic medication by intermittent fasting. And you can learn more about him on the website flccc.net. And this next reason is an important one. If you are breastfeeding or pregnant, the baby will need adequate and consistent intake of calories, so you probably don't want to fast. Another reason why you might not want to fast is if you are on a medication that must be taken with food, or if you have a major illness like cancer. And for that, I would talk with your health care pr provider before starting a new way of eating. If you do choose to implement intermittent fasting into your lifestyle, well, just how do you do it? There are several ways. One is you can fast for 12 to 14 hours a day. And this is the one that I try to do every day. I try to eat my last meal of the day no later than 6 p.m. and then not eat again until 8 p.m. the next day. And this works well for me because, you know, I'm sleeping for at least 7 to 8 hours of, of the time that I'm fasting. 
And when I say I try, what I'm saying is I do my best each day because my schedule and my husband's schedule are different. And we always have put an importance on eating together as a family. And we're fortunate enough to get to eat breakfast together every morning. And then we usually do lunch on our own. But we don't always get to eat dinner together. So sometimes I will wait for him to eat so we can eat together. So I don't always get to fast the 12 to 14 hours. And I'm sure you will encounter obstacles as well. That's just part of life. And also this way of fasting works well with intense exercising because you can have, well, it gives you ample time to refuel your body. Another way to fast is the 16-8 method for fasting where you fast for 16 hours and then eat your food in an 8-hour window. Another way to fast is fasting for two days a week. So this means you eat healthy meals for five days and then you reduce the calorie intake for the other two days. So for the other two days where you're fasting, you only consume maybe 600 calories if you're a male or 500 calories if you're a female. Another way to fast is called alternate day fasting. And for some it means no food at all one day and then three healthy meals the next day. Or you could do the weekly 24-hour fast, and you do this one to two days a week where you avoid all food for 24 hours. And the last way is called the warrior diet. This involves eating very little, usually just a few servings of raw fruit and vegetables during a 20-hour fasting window, and then you eat one large healthy meal at night. So the eating window is only around four hours. And I have personally seen people lose a significant amount of weight doing this. However, I do feel that you shouldn't try this one if you have any underlying health issues. So ultimately, the choice is yours. What's best for your lifestyle and overall health? I hope you found this information helpful. And of course, do your own research and remember, everything in moderation. Okay, on to mountain adventures. Before I begin my story, I'd just like to say that it isn't easy living in the mountains and being completely off-grid. We have had many times when our safety is jeopardized or we just need strength to keep going. It has kept our faith in Jesus Christ strong because we have had to call on Him many times and He has always been there every time. Psalms 46.1 comes to mind which says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And I can honestly say, he is absolutely our strength. My husband Nick and I own and operate a cattle ranch in the Rocky Mountains of East Idaho. And when I say that we are completely off-grid, I mean we produce our own power with a windmill, solar panels, and a backup generator. It's not always easy, but we wouldn't change our lives for anything. And we have a lot of wildlife that we get to see and enjoy, and some are more aggressive than others. And one such animal is the mountain lion also called a cougar, catamount, panther, red tiger, deer tiger, and puma. And we usually just call them the mountain lion. They are very much a part of our ranch, and we have encountered them up close and personal several times. Just thinking about it gives me the chills. Before I get started, I always like to give some fun, interesting facts. So here are a few about the mountain lion. This large cat can be found throughout much of South America and North America. And as far as North America, they seem to be more in the West. Their coat is a beige fur, 
with a whitish gray belly and chest. They have black markings that decorate the tip of the tail, ears, and around the snout. The males weigh between 115 to 220 pounds, or 52 and 100 kilograms, and the females weigh between 64 and 141 pounds, or between 29 and 64 kilograms. As far as length, the head and the body are between three and a quarter feet to five and a quarter feet, and if you add on the tail, that's between 23 and a half to 33 and a half inches. They eat mainly deer, but will eat smaller animals as well, like rabbits and mice. Once in a while, we will lose a calf from our cow herd. They have a poor sense of smell, but have excellent vision and hearing, and this helps them hunt early in the morning or at night. They have powerful hind legs that enable them to jump as far as 40 to 45 feet, or 12 to 13 meters. We have a neighbor that likes to go snowshoeing on his property at night with a headlamp, he doesn't live on his property, he just uses it for re recreation, so I'm not sure he understands the danger. <laughs> because they silently stalk their prey, often lying in wait before pouncing from behind and delivering a lethal bite to the spinal cord. They cache their prey after killing it, meaning they hide it somewhere under leaves or soil and, and then come back later to feed on it. This is why when one of our baby calves come up missing, when we never find it, we assume it was killed by a mountain lion. Mountain lions don't roar, but the females have a loud scream, supposedly to attract females. That's the opposite of what happens in the human world. <laughs> and lastly, females have an average of two to four cubs per litter about every two years, and they give birth in a den. The cubs are born with spots, which usually disappear after nine months. By 18 months, they leave the mom to go fend for themselves. My first encounter with a mountain lion was when we had first moved to our ranch, and Nick and I were outside planting our new lawn, and I looked out across the field just east of our house, and I spotted a large cat walking. So Nick told me to hurry into the house and grab a gun and some ammo. And, of course, when I got back to him, I had a gun, but the wrong ammo. Or... Did I have the wrong gun and the right ammo? Well, later on, Nick was riding our four-wheeler up a steep dugway that is lined on both sides with timber, aspen trees, and sarvisberry bushes. And this dirt road goes behind our house and goes up to hay and barley fields. As he was climbing up the road, three young mountain lions, about a year old, probably from the same litter, were trotting down the road side by side towards him, maybe 75 feet away and it made him stop dead in his tracks. They were hunting and sniffing the ground and following a mama deer and her three babies. Aww. And when they saw Nick, one went one way into the trees and two went the other way into the trees. And he tried to see where they went, but they were gone. That's a little startling. <laughs> one of the scariest encounters for me was a time when I had just stepped outside the door onto our sidewalk and was texting my friend and it was a very quiet evening. Maybe a few birds were singing and a few crickets were chirping, but the weather was still and calm. My backyard is essentially a lawn and a forest. Our three dogs, Mario and Kendra, who were a Border Collie and Australian Shepherd Blue Healer mix, and then the miniature Australian Shepherd was Izzy, and they were all asleep on the lawn. I don't know why I looked up because I never heard one sound but when I did, there was a mountain lion standing in my flower garden about 25 feet from me. 
I swear I never heard a thing. They are so quiet. Remember how I said earlier that they can leap 40 to 45 feet? And here this mountain lion is, only 25 feet from me. But he wasn't interested in me just yet. He was face to face with my little yellow and white tomcat named Timmy. They were practically nose to nose. I'm pretty sure Timmy's first thought was, where in the heck did you come from and who's feeding you? I've often wondered what they said to each other because they were sure staring at each other. I bolted back in the house to get my gun, but I must have alerted the dogs when I did this because when I came back outside, the dogs were chasing the mountain lion away, and Izzy, the miniature dog, was leading the charge. She was very protective of me, something I loved about her. Our son Ryan thought I should have followed the mountain lion and treated it because even though they are fast runners, they can't run very far. Um, I think not. <laughs> I probably should have tried to get it to go up a tree because then we could have shot it. Because later one rainy morning, Nick was in the kitchen cooking breakfast. Yep, I'm spoiled. I was making the bed and had just opened the shades in our bedroom. I noticed one of my kitties out on the lawn. You know, it was crouching down like it was going to pounce on a mouse. And I was just watching it amused. When all of a sudden the kitty turned and started running for dear life. And I'm like, what the heck? And then I saw it. A mountain lion was chasing it across the lawn. I ran past the kitchen yelling, Big kitty, big kitty, we need the guns! And I'll have to admit that we were both pretty fast getting the guns because when we stepped outside to shoot, the mountain lion was just sliding in the mud towards the pickup trying to stop. The little kitty had run under the pickup. The mountain lion got stopped before he hit the pickup and then he took off running in the tall grass and we never did see it again. We didn't see the little kitty either for several days. And I've often wondered how many times a mountain lion has been watching us when we didn't know it. It gives me the chills. But there's never a dull moment at the NBRO Ranch. Okay, make sure to check out my website, throwoutthetrash.podbean.com, and you can email me at lifetop7 at gmail.com. Hit the follow button so you don't miss an episode, share it with your friends, and leave a comment below. I'd love to hear from you. And remember this, when you've done everything you can do, that's when God will step in and do what you can't. He loves you. Go get your dreams. See you next time.